0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Welcome to Freedom Church. If you're new here, you are really welcome. If you're a guest with someone else and someone has brought you, I'm so pleased. We created two services to create more space for more people to meet God, and so you're using that opportunity to invite others. Thank you. Uh, One of the things we are doing right now is we're doing a prayer uh, teaching series. You You have arrived in the middle of a teaching series about prayer. The most important conversation around how we connect with God. How we as Christians and followers of Christ, if you're not a Christian, this is how Christians connect with God through prayer. It's just <laughs> a conversation between the heavenly Father and his children, which is exactly what Jesus did. And he taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as the Lord's prayer. And we've been looking at that in our prayer course this week. The last few weeks, we've been touching on some subjects that hopefully will helped you in your prayer life. The first week we talked about PRAY, the acronym P-R-A-Y. Remember that whole thing, I won't test you, don't worry. Pause, rejoice, ask and yield. Yield to the power of God. What is God doing in your life. And then we looked or Hannah looked at the idea of a a daily uh, time devoted to God each day, spending time with him, a quiet time, a time to pause, to reflect, to maybe read the Bible or to pray and to do that on a regular basis. And last week we heard about the importance of creating space for God to to fast so we would be hungry for more of him. And you saw in the video we're going to do a week of prayer and fasting. And I know a lot of this stuff is new for lots of people and that's great. Honestly, that is really good. Uh, I was chatting with someone earlier who's just started a new job and said, when I went the first day to my new job, I came home and thought I've made a massive mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. But two weeks in, they're like, yeah, I've got my head around what we're trying to do. The thing is, if you start something new and it's not stretching you, you're not growing. So we have to do things that make us uncomfortable, so we then grow into something that God wants us to become. And the discomfort is not actually discomfort, it's actually God shaping us. He's got a great plan for us. And the sooner we get on board, I think, with God's plans for our lives, the less discomfort we have to go through. And so I I believe that as we're learning about prayer, and we're challenging one another about the way that we pray, and why do we pray, and how do we pray, we're being discomforted. And it's okay. Because God is going to connect with us in a stronger way. And so today, I'm going to talk to you about speaking in a heavenly language when we pray often referred to as speaking in tongues and i want to tell you today that it's going to be it's biblical that it's 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 a gift for each one of us and it is relevant for today it's biblical it's a gift and it's relevant you know i remember the moment when i first ever spoke in tongues i was a teenager and i was desperate to join in with all the people that I was like in awe of. I want to speak in tongues. Those people look incredible. They seem so connected to God. I want to be doing that. And I remember any time that anyone ever came to our church who had half an ounce of the Holy Spirit, I would attack them and say, pray for me. And I would take their hand and stick it on my head and go, pray for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. And it was probably a couple of years where I was getting everyone who moved to pray for me. And nothing really happened. And I'm being really frustrated. I go, God, what's this all about? I thought, you know, you should eagerly desire your gift of, of speaking in tongues. And I'm, I'm desiring it. It's not happening. And then there was this moment um, I, was, I was working at Spring Harvest and I was with the children's team, the 8s to 11s. I was in the yellow team. Imagine a yellow t shirt upon myself, if you will. And I'm in the yellow team. And back then at Spring Harvest, we had 1,000 8 to 11 year olds. It's absolutely crazy. And, and I was in the yellow team. There's about 20% of the team. And before we would look after the children and do our program, we would gather in teams and we would pray. And we'd pray for the evening and pray for the activities we were doing. We'd pray. Like we'd gathered around like a big rugby scrum. Well done, England. Don't go and say anything else. Move on. And, and, and we gathered around. We prayed. And we prayed together. And, and it was like everyone was praying in tongues, apart from me. And I remember just kind of like hoping no one would notice that I just kind of was sort of praying in my own language. And then the person leading the team, a guy called Steve Lee, Lee, who's now become a really good friend of mine. And some of you will have heard Steve speak around the area. He said, um, I think there's someone here who can't speak in tongues. I was like, yeah, thanks, Steve. Just been outed. And so I went, that'll be me then. So they literally shoved me in the middle of this circle of 20 people, and they just all clamped their hands on and gave their best shabba-dabba doing. And and I suddenly started speaking in this really naff, childlike tongue. I started saying, like, one or two words. And I remember thinking, this sounds like I'm making it up. But here's the other thought I had. I don't want to stop. Because I thought, if I stop, would it run out? I know, I know you're more grown up than me, but I generally thought if I stopped... So I literally went for a walk and I just spoke in tongues. I just prayed in tongues. And I said, God, this is amazing. And I, it's become so much part of my everyday prayer life, so much part of my activity. When I don't know what to pray, I pray in tongues. Because I go, God, you can figure this out because it's your language. And, and, and you, can know what, you can translate your own, uh, uh, own activity here. And you might be sitting here right now thinking, seriously, Sam, is this still a thing? I thought this one out in the 80s with, you know, uh, people wearing, you know, sort of, you know, sort of funny little tracksuits that we used to wear. Do you remember those brightly coloured? Some of you look at me like going, I've still got a shell suit at home in my wardrobe. <laughs> I quite like it. But you might think, was that an old-fashioned thing? Is that something that's just, is it just a biblical thing we don't do anymore? Is it true that people can actually speak in different languages that they have never learnt? Isn't that just a bit weird? And right now you're sitting here and some of you, maybe you're not a Christian, you're going... I chose the wrong service to turn up to on a Sunday. Or maybe some of you who are Christians are still thinking, where is the exit? I hope they're making that coffee really strong for me for afterwards. Uh, what, what is this thing about being a... Uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can you be a Christian and not speak in tongues? Can you be filled with the Spirit and not speak in tongues? What is this all about? Is speaking in tongues like a grading system? You're a better Christian if you can speak in tongues and if you can't. I don't want questions to go in your head. I heard this quote from Katy Perry, the singer. She said this, speaking in tongues is as normal to me as pass the salt. It's a secret, direct prayer language to God. At this point, some of you know who Katy Perry is. are probably shocked that she's even talking about God, let alone being someone who speaks in tongues. It's a whole other conversation. But the idea that speaking in tongues should be normal. It should be an activity that you can participate in every day. So today I want to look at what does the Bible say? What's in the Bible? Before we start running off with ideas. And and understand this gift that it is and how can we receive it. And then later on this morning, we are going to give people the opportunity to receive prayer And we're going to see people speaking in tongues this morning. I'm looking forward to it. In Acts chapter 2, right at the beginning there, the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was 50 days. Pente, 5, cost, power of 10. 50 days after Easter, they gathered together at this festival. And all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It's right there in the Bible, the start, the birth of the early church. The birth of the church. Jesus gone. He said, wait for my comforter. Wait for my helper. Wait for the one who's going to give you courage. Holy Spirit, and He landed in a unique way. Sometimes it's it's viewed by some as as controversial. Some people in church are uncomfortable with gifts of the Spirit. Full stop. Speaking in tongues makes people uncomfortable, and maybe you're here feeling a little bit uncomfortable. It's okay. And there was a charismatic renewal over the last 50 years that saw many churches like ours develop. This church was birthed out of a charismatic renewal in the late 70s, where people started speaking in tongues and prophesying and speaking words of knowledge and finding each other and started to form community, which you're part of today. Speaking in tongues does not make you a better Christian, but I do believe it's a gift that is for every single one of us. A well-known theologian and an Anglican bishop, Tom Wright, or N.T. Wright, says these words, Far too much modern Christian prayer has insisted on words, on logic, on getting everything clear and out into the open. I find this passage fascinating because N.T. Wright is a theologian who writes lots of books and uses lots of words and lots of logic. And he says that statement, he says, too much is all about logic and clarity and being open. This is important and indeed vital as one aspect of the whole. But prayer if it is to be Christian prayer, cannot be grasping at control. Think about that. Do we generally believe and we pray we control God? It is precisely a relinquishing, relinquishing of control to the one who is capable of doing far, far more than we can ask or imagine. It is saying, thy will be done. I bring my words, I bring my requests, and I ultimately I yield, I say, "God, it's over to you. It's your power. Your will be done. It is therefore appropriate that sometimes and in some ways, that prayer should pass beyond the merely rational and wordy, and engage with God, as Paul says in Romans eight, at a level too deep for words. That's what tongues is when they're going, "My English is not working to express." my desire, my love for you, and I'm moving into a different language, at a heavenly realm, spirit unto spirit. You see, if you think about it for a moment, we are not human beings first, with a little bit of spirit tucked inside of us. If you understand the Christian faith, we are spiritual beings in, a heavenly, uh, in an earthly suit. We are temporarily here on earth, and our spirit is designed to connect with the spirit who created us, God. And he wants to communicate with us. Why would God of the heavens and the earth only use English or whatever your first language might be? God speaks direct from our spirit, from his spirit to our spirit. If you think about it, it's not as far-fetched as it sounds if we're meant to be spirit beings rather than just earthly beings. And it may be awkward and uncomfortable and it sounds like gobbledygook. Uh, But actually, there's something about the mysteries of the spirit that we do not understand. And there's something about the Christian faith that requires us to let go of our logic sometimes and step in faith to believe something that we don't understand. That is the message of the, the good news of Jesus. So it's biblical. It's, uh, it's in Acts chapter 2. He's read that, Acts chapter 2, especially verse 4. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. But also in Acts 10, we've got this moment where Peter went and he started preaching to people who weren't Jews. They were what's called Gentiles. And as Peter was saying these things in Acts 10, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out. On the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other languages and praising God. And then Paul in Ephesus in Acts 19, um, Paul lays his hands on people. This is the Apostle Paul. The Holy Spirit comes on them. They speak in other tongues and start to prophesy. There is this partnership between the Holy Spirit and ourselves that becomes more visible when we speak in tongues. You know, it, it doesn't control us. There was this kind of thing I used to be saying. Or oh, do I just open my mouth and just God takes control of me? No. You know the same way that if if you believe you've been given the gift of, of generosity, money doesn't just fall out of your pockets onto people's other wallets or something. If you've been given the gift of healing, you have to actually lay hands on the sick and pray for them. And if you've been given the gift of speaking in tongues, you have to open your mouth and utilize the tongue that God. Gave to you. It is in partnership together. David Pitches said this: um, it is not divine ventriloquism, but collaboration with the spirit. I love that idea. It isn't you're not like a puppet and God's got his hand and he's kind of controlling your mouth. It is we collaborate with the spirit. It is a partnership together. And just to show off a little bit of Greek for you here, uh, three different manifestations of tongues we can talk about here. Um, This is one to show off next time you go to a party. Uh, Xenoglossalia. All right, there we go. That's a word used all the time, I'm sure. Uh, Xeno, you might recognize that sort of xenophobia. It means speaking in a language you've never learnt, that you actually speak a, a different language, not just a heavenly language, an earthly language. I remember Lottie and I, years ago, we were youth leaders in a church, and we. We took a youth group to Switzerland. We, we went by minibus. It was absolutely crazy. And this massive church in Switzerland, 2,000 people gathered. And in the middle of, the, sort of this, this conference, uh, Lottie and I were called forward. And this Swiss German lady, Anna, uh, had this word over us. And she started speaking in tongues. But it sounded a little bit scary. If I'm honest, I'm thinking, don't interpret this tongue because this sounds dangerous. And she was speaking in a language that was obviously not German. And there was this moment where this girl came from the back. She was a a, a teenager. She was Chinese. She said, "Do do you realize you've been speaking Chinese over these two? And this girl came forward and she stood on the stage and said, you're just saying that this woman is going to be a mama. And this guy is going to be a papa. So they're going to have lots of children, not just natural but spiritual children. And she starts speaking Prophetic words of us stepping in church ministry when we were just probably in our early 20s, mid-20s, I guess. But she spoke Chinese through a Swiss-German person. What an incredible moment. Mike Pilavacci, some of you will have heard of, who leads the Soul Survivor um, event every summer, or used to, um, in a book, Everyday Supernatural, which he wrote with Andy Croft, recommend you get hold of that book if you want more questions answered. Um, he tells his story how he was speaking at Soul Survivor about speaking in tongues. And there was a Romanian youth group there, and one of the Romanian youth group leaders went, this is a load of rubbish. I am not interested in this. And he started walking out of the big top at Soul Survivor. As he started to walk out of the big top, Mike Pilavachi starts speaking in tongues. He said, I'm speaking in tongues I've never really spoken before. <coughs> at this moment, the youth leader stops and turns round. He goes, how are you speaking Romanian? He said, not only are you speaking Romanian, you are quoting a Romanian poem. I know the poem really well because my dad has it tattooed on his arm. Now you can say whatever you want to say, but that, thats a moment right there. I mean, God speaks. Now that idea of xenoglossolalia, i have not, apart from those two moments—it's not something I've regularly done. i have been to France, and I, my French is a little more Delbois than anything else. Um, you know, it, it's more like shouting with an odd bit of French at the end. We. Oui? Sort of, I I can't just do that, but I do know that happens. But there's also just the, what's known as public glossolalia, which is where someone speaks out in tongues in a meeting or a gathering or a small group, a connect group, and then someone has an interpretation explaining what God is saying through the utterance of a tongue. And then there is the private glossolalia, which is all about speaking in tongues, private between you and God. It's a building up, it's an edifying, as one of the scriptures says, of yourself. As you speak in tongues. And Paul said, I wish you would all speak in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. Let's read some of that, actually. Because um, this is a great bit of the Bible that often gets overlooked. Um, every wedding you probably go to, you get 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love. And we all talk about love. And at the end of chapter 13 comes chapter... Thank you. 14. And it starts with this. It says, let, let love, it says, be your highest goal. But, Paul says... You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. Speaking in tongues publicly actually isn't always helpful. You've got to think about where is the right place for that. But the one who prophesies speaks out what God is saying, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But he, the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. He then says, verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues. But even more, I wish you all prophesy. For prophesy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying. So the whole church may be strengthened. It's a gift. Speaking in tongues is a gift. One of the spiritual gifts, but it's a gift for you for your soul, and for the church you are part of. It's a gift for others. It builds up. It supports others. Uh, We eagerly desire the speaking in tongues. It's a way of worshipping God, of praying to Him, of speaking out and saying, God, I don't understand what I want to say right now, but I want to speak to you directly. Richard Forster says this, we enter the heavenlies by means of a heavenly language that descends the use of our feeble, stammering tongues to express the inexpressible. When we speak in tongues, we connect with our heavenly Father. We connect with him. The idea that when you maybe see something like Joe mentioned earlier, the, you know, you're in awe of, of the, the creation and you see the stars, you're wow. Or when you see something beautiful or you'll see your children do something amazing, or you see something which goes, wow, some our words sound pathetic. When you try and tell your, your husband or your wife how fantastic they look, you just go, you look great. That's a men problem right there, isn't it? You look, you look great. You run out of words. And yet when we're speaking to God, we can use a heavenly language. Go, My words are running dry, but I can speak in a heavenly language that opens up my worship, my spirit to spirit connection. In the book of Jude in the Bible, it's only got one chapter. It's nice, easy read. Verses 20 says this: "Build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit." We need to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gift of tongues it is not the most important gift, but it is one that Paul says eagerly desire that gift. And also, I want to say this one thing as well about speaking tongues. You're never out of control. You are fully in control. You can stop at any point. Don't anyone ever say to you, I can't stop. I'm just out of control. No, you're fully in control of your own mouth. It doesn't take over your body. And the last thing I want to say, it's biblical. It's a gift. And lastly, it's still relevant today. Ephesians 6 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. On all occasions. I think today is one of those all occasions. Tomorrow will be another all occasion. Every day is an occasion where we want to pray in the spirit. To pray for those around us. This week I've been preparing for this morning by deliberately praying in tongues almost every day. Just taking time to pray, specifically in tongues, for, for time. To actually timing myself and doing... I, I got inspired by this story of a lady called Jackie Pullinger. Some of you may have heard of her. Jackie Pullinger, decades ago, went out to Hong Kong, which must be such a challenging place right now, but it was difficult then. And she worked in a place called the Walled City with heroin addicts and with gangs and just horrendous situations. And she said she was working hard and seeing no results. So she started praying, and she timed herself every day. She'd pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Every morning, she would pray for 15 minutes. And she said, for six weeks, nothing changed. And she said, then suddenly, it was like something shifted. And everyone she spoke to came to faith. People literally came off drugs without any cold turkey. It was an incredible experience. It says this, her words on the screen That After about six weeks, I noticed something remarkable. Those I talked about Christ believed... This time I was talking about Jesus to people who wanted to hear. I'd let God have a hand in my prayers. I mean, hear that, people. That's an amazing comment, isn't it? I let God have a hand in my prayers. And it produced a direct result. Instead of me decide, my deciding what I wanted to do for God and asking his blessing, I was asking him to do his will through me as I prayed in a language he gave me. That's amazing. I let God into my prayers. My desire for us as Freedom Church, we pray in the spirit, we pray in power. And for some of us, that will mean praying in tongues. And so I'm going to invite the worship team up here. And I just want to take us through a a couple of simple steps of how we're going to pray in tongues and how we're going to learn to pray in tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues before, I get you're going to feel uncomfortable. It's okay. Let's all be uncomfortable together. We can have one of those awkward moments we'll all laugh about in years to come. Remember that day when you spoke in tongues the first time? It was like, wow, yeah. I was at Spring Harvest earlier this year, and I, I did this in the main venue. and We, we had like three or 4,000 people there. And, um, and we had people speak in tongues. A friend of mine who was a church leader for over 20 years had never spoken in tongues. Spoke in tongues the first time. Um, Scott, who came on our weekend away. Remember Scott? never spoken in tongues before. He came, just there he was standing and he just had a moment and suddenly, and his beaming face it was amazing. And then after we'd all finished, and we were packing up. A lady came up to me in her probably mid-70s and she said, I want a word with you. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? And this lady said, she said, I've been a Christian for almost all of my life. And I've never had an encounter with God like tonight. Thank you. And I was so humble because I really thought I was in trouble. But I was so glad that God worked in someone's life who'd followed him for over 70 years and still had a fresh revelation. So here are four aspects to receiving Holy Spirit. First of all, believe. Believe. It's important we believe. We believe and we act in faith. This is not just something we do if we don't believe. We say, actually, I'm believing this is a gift. Andy Croft, in his book, uh, Everyday Supernatural, talks about uh, Anselm of Canterbury, who said, I believe, therefore I understand. And he realized, because Andy Croft is a, is a theologian, a thinker, he said, my head was getting in the way of my faith. And I had to put my mind to one side and say, I'm choosing to believe, rather than try and work it all out. Secondly, ask, to eagerly desire, say, God, I really want this. Thirdly, to step out, to worship, to start speaking out the name of Jesus and say, actually, as you speak out, allow a tongue to be formed. And it may sound silly, you may think, oh, I don't know what this, i making this up. You probably are, it's okay. And then just allow God to use that and just start speaking at your worship and speaking at your tongues and see what God will do with that. And lastly, practice. Keep on practicing, using it. Don't stop. Keep on speaking out. And I know there have been times i felt dry and I'm thinking, I haven't spoken in tongues a long time and I give myself back to it. I want to be connected spirit to spirit. It's a biblical gift. It's a gift for each one of us we should eagerly desire. And it is something that will build your faith and impact your prayer life greatly. Let's put it into practice. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.